This is Robert Merdlanchi, the MindShare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-Magazine. And welcome to this week in Canadian EdTech, special sneak peek edition with the Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit forthcoming. We have Dr. Rumit Balan, award-winning internationally recognized entrepreneur, learning architect, speaker, author, humanitarian, Canada's top 10 power women of 2020 joining us who will be presenting at the summit on the Cross Canada Checkup Panel. Dr. Alain, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you so much, Robert, for having me. Now tell me, how are you doing? I'm well, I just got off the ice, to be honest with you, playing lunchtime hockey. So my well-being, I'm just so relaxed, the endorphins are flowing. And, and this is the first time we played with this group on Tuesdays at lunch in two years. And I realized how important it is. We all just kind of, had this uh, aha moment that we miss each other so much and we're back to business, but it's so, so vital that, uh, you know, you have that balance. I, I find that I'm playing two or three times a week now and, uh, and getting out for walks with the family. So, you know, the focus on well-being is very uh, apropos uh, to our conversation today in helping uh, students thrive today with back to school. I hope you're well and your family is as well with, um, things getting somewhat normalized. We are doing well. And thank you for mentioning that you are on the ice because when we think about well-being, oftentimes we think about just the mental health and the emotional health components of it. But that physical health piece is so incredibly important as well. And so it's great to hear that you are out there getting some movement in. And sometimes we forget about that and how important that is to our overall health and not just physically, but our overall well-being. Absolutely. I will say I missed my yoga that I did regularly here at the workspace. And I found that was also very, uh, can I say therapeutic for me? And that's the thing, what may work for you might not work for someone else. And when we think about well-being and those um, outlets that we have, it's understanding what works best for us. So I love that you're doing yoga as well as being on the ice. Um, and for me, getting out there with walks, whether it's with my five-year-old son or on my right. own in between meetings or even during calls, I find that to be so helpful in getting that fresh air. Absolutely. Coincidentally, I was just up two weeks ago. Uh, visiting a School of the Future Challenge winner in Sudbury. We visited this amazing state-of-the-art environment. Uh, they've been uh, infused indigenous um, uh, uh, philosophy and uh, artifacts throughout the school because um, they have a, a larger indigenous population. And I saw the kids as we were touring the school, they were actually doing yoga in the class. I love that. And I, thought, I was so impressed with that. I love that. I love it. And teachers are actually introducing it when children are quite young, which I think mm -hmm. is important, whether it's yoga or mindfulness or, you know, right. just taking that time to have a moment. And I think us as grownups and adults, we can learn a little bit from that as well. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, when we talk about wellness, is, is there a prevention element to it? Uh, how do we tackle it from that perspective? I love that question. And you know, when we think about all that we've experienced, it's been exactly today, 586 days since the World Health wow. Organization announced that what it is that we're experiencing is a pandemic. So a lot has happened in those 586 days. Now, here's the thing when we think about prevention, the outlets that we may have had 
prior to when the entire world changed, we may not have had access to those outlets during this time. And so what we were using as preventative measures before might not actually be working now. So when we think about um, redefining what health and wellness and well-being looks like, we want to ensure that it is context and circumstance specific. So what works best for you as an individual, given your context and given your circumstance? You know, 586 days, there's a lot wow. that's happened. And Robert, you and I were talking about this earlier where we are experiencing that cost of the mental effort that's been involved with doing things in new ways right. and especially for our youth. And so are there preventative measures? There are things that we can do to be preventative, but also acknowledging that sometimes we don't have the same outlets depending on right. the day it feels like these days um, is also important. Right. And that notion of self-regulation too, coming back into school, there are different norms than there are at home. The expectations are different. How are kids doing? Because you're spending more time in schools and working with kids and educators these days. How are they doing? And it depends. It depends on the child that you speak to. There were some children that, you know, were um, not in school for a long period of time in those 586 days, and they're just getting back into school. And so right. um, there might be some fear there. But then there are children who are so excited to see their friends. And, you know, I think this applies to adults, too. Some adults are excited to go back to work and be in person, whereas others may be a little hesitant. So I do think it depends on the child that you're speaking to and what they personally have experienced um, over the last year and a half. And I think, you know, um, if we keep checking in with our children, keep checking in with our youth, that is incredibly right. important, whether we're a parent or a teacher or a caregiver. And all the, thank you for that. And ultimately it comes down to mindset and really helping students thrive at the end of the day. You know, what are the key strategies the, it, that helps them have that focus um, that, that ability to really, you know, stay on task and, and to help them get through the system, if you will, because it is a process. It, it is a journey, too, isn't it? And it's about the journey and it, enjoying it. Uh, you know, one of uh, uh, our past presenters uh, wrote a book on the joy of finding the joy in everything you do. I try to do that every day. I love that. And you, you've just asked the trillion dollar question, which I wish I could answer in a sentence or two. I mean, for the moment, um, and, and again, what we're experiencing right now, I think making sure that we're um, uh, creating routines for our youth, um, just because of all the change that we have experienced. But most importantly, is reducing the stigma around conversations on how we're actually feeling. Not the how are right. you? I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? It's the, you know, tell me how you're doing. Tell me right. what's going on. What are some fears? What are some challenges? Normalizing those conversations is what's going to help us get through what we're going going through. But also, it's not just about bouncing back from these challenges. That's what allows us to thrive. If we can reflect back, learn, right. find meaning, and grow, and find value in what we've experienced, that's what's going to allow us to thrive. Amazing. And, and it is okay not to be okay. We've had some high-profile athletes, Olympic athlete, a recent NHL player come out and, and say that uh, they needed time off. And, and, I, and that's, a, I think, a very positive thing uh, because it normalizes the reality that life isn't always peaches and cream. Yes, and taking that intentional time off, Robert. You know, I took a number of weeks off over the right, summer. Right, we did this summer. 
Yes, I've never done that, ever done that. Um, and it was great because it allowed me to stop and, and it allowed me to acknowledge the fact that, you know, we have been through it a lot and I need that time off, um, whether it's to be with my son, my family, um, or to even just be with myself to reflect, to process what we've experienced. So I love that more and more people are doing it and being intentional about taking that time off because we do need to pause. We do need that break. And how was the time off? How did you, uh, that must have been a challenge because you are in, when you're in work mode, you are focused and you're, you're like, you know, flying at 20,000 miles an hour and then you stop. That must have taken a bit of time. It's like being an educator, right? You're in the class, it's intense and all of a sudden, boom, you're stopping. And and that is a bit of a transition period, I would imagine. It was challenging. It was absolutely challenging. However, it allowed space for new things to enter into my life, which is a beautiful thing. And I don't think it would have if I didn't give myself that time and space. And, you know, I really use that time to figure out who I am outside of work. Um, And that was important for me to do because we get caught up in our day to day. Right. We absolutely get caught up in our day to day. And so I'm very grateful for that time off because, again, new experiences, new things I wouldn't have been able to explore um, if I didn't. Uh, but it was challenging at first. Absolutely. Well, I, you're inspiring me. And uh, I, I'm so impressed by your positivity. And, and I, I sense that you really strive to find the joy in everything you do. Is that nurtured nature or nurture? And is that a goal that teachers should strive for to, to, to get every child to see the potential and positivity to make an impact and learn and grow? I love that question. I'm going to answer it in a very different way. And and thank you for saying that. Um, yeah. I am, I'm quite content, but where that comes from is there are challenges. I experience, this, I experience quite a bit of challenges. We all do. And when I'm faced with those challenges, it's in this situation, what can I control versus what right. I can't control? And focusing on what I can control allows me to understand, okay, where can I make change? Where can I grow from this? And it's also accepting things for what they are. If um, this is meant to be at this point, okay, let's work through it. But also viewing those challenges as temporary versus them as permanent that's what allows me to find things like joy um or things like um the value or the meaning or the lesson because not everything can be joyful and is joyful but i try to look for the lessons within the the experiences for sure well well said when i was completing (laughs) my master's our our professor would say you know it's about hard fun so sometimes things aren't necessarily totally fun it's kind of hard but make it fun as possible because it's you need to do that that type of grunt work sometimes to get through an assignment, et cetera. Well, speaking of assignments, uh, we're looking forward to hosting you on the 28th of October on the Cross Canada Checkup Panel. It is an EdTech Summit. However, we're also focused on other things around the classroom, around the school, and you know, well-being is a big focus for us, and we really value your participation in the summit uh, in, a, in just nine days uh, uh, or eight. Uh, yeah, nine days for me. Thank you. And I'm excited to be um, on the panel with some incredible folks in the education sector. So thank you for having me. And uh, that, thank you again. That was Dr. Rumi Balan, who will be a speaker on our panel at the 
12th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit happening on October 27th and 28th. My name is Robert Merlachi of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to uh, learn more about our summit. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.